Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range, or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double breasted black blazer from a new to me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for, but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right now, you are already getting bombarded with the right way to start a new year. Today, we are dispelling all of the prescriptive advice and instead helping you prepare for an intentional new year that matches you, your needs, your wants, and your priorities. Welcome to About Progress. I'm Monica Packer a regular mom and recovering perfectionist who uncovered the truest model to dramatic but lasting personal growth. It's progress made practical. Join us to leave the extremes behind and instead learn how to do something to grow in ways that stick. If you like this podcast, then you will love my foundational course on identity called Finding Me. In today's interview, you will hear us talk about how even productivity, goal planning, and resolution making all have to be rooted in knowing who you are. If you would like that kind of clarity, that's what you will gain in finding me. You can get the course now before prices go up January 1st. Enroll by going to aboutprogress.com slash finding me. I have always been a doer. The draw towards being busy is just part of my makeup. 
But just like all strengths, this innate push towards productivity is also a huge weakness of mine. I tend to get so lost in the doing that I forget about the being. In 2020, we had a guest on the show named Ariel Astoria, and she reminded me, quote, we are human beings, not human doings, unquote. Today, I am bringing back a guest that has helped me live out this mindset shift in ways that are both practical and transformative. Steve Lawson is a productivity and time management expert, but not in the ways that depend on shame and blame and the crush goals at all costs, principles, and mindsets. As the founder of my favorite planner, The Monk Manual, Steve and his work are centered in peaceful being, purposeful doing. With 2022 right around the corner, most of us are feeling drawn to that cyclical push to create goals and resolutions for the new year. But many of us are also feeling stressed and overwhelmed by this kind of preparation, or so worn out that we'd rather put our heads in the sand and toss out the new year prep altogether. I have personally felt all of these things and acted accordingly. Regardless of where you're at right now, I invited Steve on the show to help you prepare for the new year in ways that will indeed help you focus on peaceful being and purposeful doing. If you're worried about yet another round of professional prescriptions that make you feel pressured into all or nothing extremes, don't be. You will leave this episode with far more clarity and practical tips on how you can prepare in ways that are helpful and meaningful for you. Our main goal is to empower you to start your new year with far less pressure and far more intention. Steve Lawson, welcome to About Progress again. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm really excited about this. Well, I'm excited because not only is it a different take on a topic that people are going to get a lot right now, but I'm also excited because I've just been eager to have you back on. You are my favorite productivity time management guru because you do things so different. But today we're talking about how people can prepare now for an intentional new year. There's a lot of key words in there that we're going to hit on. Let's start, Steve, by having you share some of the traps you see people fall into as they're thinking ahead to a new year. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated at the phenomenon that is New Year's, right? Just, just the actual idea that it's, it's this kind of cyclical, rhythmic time of year where people uh, pretty universally start reconsidering things, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's something magical to different time periods. And when we come upon a year, maybe even more than a five-year or a 10-year, there's this sense of, oh, okay, maybe I've strayed the course somewhere, or maybe there's something I want to do, or I want to get this done. And everyone tends to go and out of that, come up with plans, right? Certain commitments. But what's so interesting about New Year's is that it, statistically speaking, very few people actually end up sticking with any of their New Year's resolutions, right? So there's a disconnect there that to me is really, really interesting. And I think that what we end up tending to do is we, we, we feel a certain level of inspiration around something. And we say, hey, I'm feeling inspired around maybe it's my health or my finances or my relationships. And we think I'm going to go and do all these things. 
And then what ends up happening is at some point, most people stop doing it. Uh, they let go of that commitment. They maybe just taper off. Uh, life happens. So what, what's going on there? For most people, I think the common reasoning is, well, it must just be a discipline problem, right? That's, that's generally what happens. Or maybe it's a planning problem. I think it's actually something a bit more fundamental than that. All the time, we are trying to negotiate all these different priorities in our life, all these different things that, that we desire on some level. And in the beginning of the year, we feel very inspired. We feel very motivated. But then at a certain point, we lose touch of whatever that original inspiration was. And so what actually happens is other things crowd out our New Year's priorities. So on that, that's actually the trap. The trap is on some level this, this, this fallacy of believing that where that game is being played is on the level of discipline. I don't believe that. I believe where it's being played is on the level of clarity and being able to anchor yourself in that which is working towards maybe your long-term good because we lose sight of that. And when we lose sight of that, that's when things usually start to fall apart. And, and, and just to kind of close that out, I think what's so freeing about that is with discipline, especially in our culture, there's a lot of shame that can be attached to that. Mm-hmm. Right? No one wants to be the person who's seen as, well, you don't have discipline, right? Or you're, but, but when you, when you end up realizing it's actually just your kind of strength from a certain level of personal alignment, or, or there's all these competing urgencies that are crowding things out. Then, then, then what that means is actually it's staying with things, having the most successful year of your life is actually about staying in a place of personal clarity and alignment. Hmm. You are using so many words that this community is more and more familiar with because that seems to be an increasing focus in the work that we do together is getting really clear on who we are, what matters to us. And as part of that, what our values are and having that clarity allows us to have the alignment we need in our day-to-day lives. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm kind of hearing you saying is we, we lose sight of what we want (laughs) and what we value as we're preparing for a new year, because our minds are getting muddied with a lot of other influences or also just wrong ways of looking at discipline. Mm -hmm. Just blame ourselves instead of realizing, oh, it's actually a a fundamental error in the way I'm creating goals or resolutions or Mm -hmm. plans for my life. Yeah. I also think there's a parallel phenomenon that can happen alongside that. And I've, and I experienced something similar personally, but the thing is, is oftentimes we may want something, right? Say, say you sit down and you say, this is what I want to do in the coming year. Because what I was just alluding to is in, in a sense, you lose track of the why behind mm-hmm. the thing. But sometimes we don't even ask that why really up front. And yeah. the thing is, is a lot of the things that we sometimes want to do or feel that we need to do stem from a desire to either please others or prove ourselves to others. Maybe not even in a direct way. Maybe it's mm-hmm. just... I I mean, this sounds so simple, but it might even be, hey, my dad was this type of person and he viewed people really highly in this way. In some way, consciously, unconsciously, we want to be that person that we feel like other people expect us to be. And so we actually can, I think this is way more common than it would seem, set goals that actually don't even align with things that we truly want. Mm. And then what happens is, we have a very difficult time staying with those things because the thing is this when something's connected deep down with who you truly are, 
it's it's like a fountain. There's like a source of inspiration that I think is it's like gas in the car that keeps on fueling you. When it's something that you're trying to achieve more external validation, it's like trying to get water from a stone. Like the the water is not naturally occurring. And so at a certain point you you run out because you can only play that game for so long. We can do that. But at a certain point, you will ask the question, is this even worth it, right? Mm-hmm. Or burn out first. Yeah, exactly, right? And then we don't know what's really going on in that, mm-hmm. or we might even, again, fall into like a cycle of shame and saying, oh, yep. this is on me for doing this. But really, it's because we're, we're not tapping into that deeper place for ourselves. We're going to discuss some practical ways to do that. And I'm looking forward to it. But one other trap I, I did want to touch on too, is just the level of preparation. A lot of my community members are what we call recovering perfectionists and they fall on the spectrum and the spectrum I see with preparation and one that I can be really guilty of. And I was in the past, especially before I found your monk manual was feeling like I had to be so detailed and incredibly well-prepared for a new year, like very intricate plans. Like, I don't know, vision boards. I don't know. We can go journaling, journaling, journaling. And sometimes that pressure to, to over plan makes us under plan. And other times that pressure to over plan also helps us fall into the other traps we discussed about not even being really clear about what we want, how we want to feel, who we want to be in the new year. Any take on just that, what, you know, the right amount of preparation and what that should feel like for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the risk of sounding too direct, and I can only say this because I've experienced perfectionism in my own life. I think that perfectionism oftentimes is tied to a lack of trust of self. So what that means is we hide from certain things because we're afraid of what might happen if we don't. And there's different ways to hide from that. You can, you can hide from that by being frozen. I mean, it's, it's just like the fight flight or oh, uh, hide, right? Yeah. So, totally. so that can manifest in a lot of ways. Um, but even, even on some level, planning can be a way of hiding from life, right? Like you mm. can go and get everything in all the right boxes because it feels like you're engaging life when actually you're just preparing for it. Now, with that said, I'll also say uh, I'm a very big believer in planning. The monk manual for anyone who's who who uses it, and Monica, I know you do, but th- there's this um it is a fairly robust planning tool. It it does require work. So I I do really believe in planning and intentionality, but but sometimes we can overdo it. I think the reason is is because it's that fear of trust of self. And and I think something that maybe could be liberating hidden in that is life itself is not something that we truly can control. We can influence life, but we can't control life. That means that life is inherently on some level scary because we don't know what's going to happen. A year from now, if you think of even your goals a year ago, so much has changed Mm -hmm. from what was going on a year ago, right? Mm -hmm. Not only so much has changed probably externally, there's a lot that's even changed internally, right? There's certain things that you just come to discover. And so I think that it is personal for everyone, but when, when you're thinking about the right balance of preparation, not going overboard, not cutting it too short, I think the first thing is to probably assess yourself and say, mm-hmm. where do I tend to lean? 
And maybe you don't have that awareness necessarily because you don't have too many reference points. But, but I think many of us do when we really slow down, we can access, we, we often know the truth about certain things. We just have a hard time looking at it, right? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I think it might be something where you can get a sense of, of, of how that works. But I think you can also look back and say, hey, you know, this past year, did I feel like I had the adequate architecture or scaffolding built out to support my goals? Did I feel like I ended up spending three weeks of my life and then three weeks later, most of it was irrelevant because all these things changed? On a practical level, I am a really big fan on setting just a few high-level goals. Something I do is I actually set doing goals and being goals. So the doing goals are more concrete, more quantitative, and, the, and, then, and then the being goals are more they're more qualitative. They're more kind of tied to character, tied to experience, tied to like a sense of life. And I will set those on a yearly basis, uh, but then I'll do qu- quarterly check-ins to be able to readjust and realign because it's, it's not something where at the beginning of the year, you can go and write out a script that is like, here's the movie. And now I just have to act it out because you're not, it's not like you're the only character in that script and you don't uh-huh. even know what's going to necessarily happen. You don't control the plot of your life at least not wholesale. Uh, so that ability, and, and I'm saying this, especially for people who maybe struggle with some level of perfectionism, that ability to trust oneself is essential because life is more improv. It's being able to, yes, build out the skill sets, be able to engage, have a plan, know the directionally where you're going, but also to be able to show up each day, show up each month and say like, all right, here I am, like what's next? Because all we can do is bring ourselves and, and, and try to be honest with ourselves, focus on the next right thing and, and engage life, right? I just don't know what more you can do, right? If you're fully engaged in life and you're really trying to take care of yourself, focus on yourself, focus on your relationships and be honest with yourself, it seems like that is actually the path to reaching that which you would ultimately desire. Oh, Totally. Yeah, it all comes back, all the work that we do, we focus a ton on habits and behavior changes and and also fulfillment, you know, having hobbies, self-care, but it all comes back to identity, all the work that we've done. And I've been shocked by that the past few years, just how important it is that we know who we are, that we trust ourselves. Because like you said, this really is the key to to everything. It's the key to even knowing how much to plan. (laughs) Because some people, an intense plan is the way. Like that's the right way for them. And other people, it's having one goal for the year and a word, you know, and that's enough for them. So I appreciate you being able to help them learn how to differentiate that based on who they are. More practical tips are to follow, but first a quick word from our sponsor. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. So let's move into some practical ways to prepare. I love how you shared some of your own perspective on what works for you. For people who might be on a different spectrum, but they do want to plan better for the new year, what are some things that they can do now to prepare for it? In a lot of cases, 
we're going into the new year with already full plates. Our day-to-day realities mm-hmm. are already stuffed. And then we'll go into the new year and think, all right, I'm going to go and I'm going to start working out every day. I'm going to go and I'm going to write a book. I'm also <laughs> going to go and I'm going to work on my marriage and I'm going to do this. That's all great. But I don't know where you're going to get the 20 hours to do that every week, right? Mm. So a big part of it is also trying to think through what are the things that you maybe need to let go of. Mm. In a really practical way of doing that, I, I would actually encourage the listeners that any, any particular area where they are specifically trying to grow to go and do some sort of audit of all the things you already do in that space, right? So maybe it's, maybe it's in your marriage or your relationships, maybe it's in self-care, maybe it's more on a, of, a, of a spiritual nature, or maybe you could just map out, hey, this is what my week looks like. This is what I do. These are all the different activities. And, and I would even recommend get as granular as you can. I yeah. wake up. The first thing I do is I go brush my teeth. I go and take a shower, do all these things. Then go back through and ask yourself why. And, and actually consider, why do I do each of these things? What's going to be fascinating is you're going to realize a few different things. One is that some of the things you're spending way more time than you need to. It's essential. You have to do that. But it's not essential to the degree that you're doing it. It's creeped. It's in scope. And, and it can be reduced back that way. Another thing you're going to find is there's certain things that you're doing that you really don't have a good answer for why you're doing it. Maybe it's a commitment that you made that no longer is serving you. Maybe it's something where you grew up always doing this thing and you just, you just kind of inherited it. We always, I've always done it. It's always been this way, but there's really no intention behind why you do it. Those are good things to consider whether they're actually still serving you in your life. But then the third thing that will happen is there'll be certain things that will come up where you'll recognize it. And after asking the why question, you'll get to a point of clarity and it will actually change your orientation towards that thing. So for example, mm-hmm. what, this past fall, uh, my kids played soccer, right? So if I would have done that exercise, I would have highlighted that they were playing soccer, right? And asking that question would have brought me to a point of like, well, I'm doing this so I can be with them. So I can yeah. go and encourage them, help form them in whatever way, which then would also make me pause and say, well, then I shouldn't really be on my phone when I'm there. I shouldn't really be doing this. I shouldn't really be doing that. Or I should be fully present. Or maybe I can be engaging this. And, and, and that also can transform things, not only because all these little things can be transformed to something a bit more meaningful, but also they're more intentional. And you also can find that some of the things you maybe want to grow, the material is already there in your life. You're already actually spending time on it. You're just not actually doing the thing. I love this process of auditing, asking why, getting clarity, because then there are things you can deprioritize and let go of or do a little differently. But there's other things you can say, no, that's this is what I want. And this is what I want to lean into. And the why behind it matters more. I am surprised that you started with that, but I shouldn't have been. Like I I I just think like, yeah, of course. Like we should just start with what we could let go of. But I was I was surprised by that tip. What else do you have for us? So 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 the second thing, and this might be a little bit less surprising, but I I'm a very big uh, fan of reflection. We can get really caught up at the speed of life that we're moving in autopilot. And we have to take time to pause and recalibrate. And New Year's cannot be the only time of year that we do that. It can. Mm -hmm. Actually, I'm not not trying to coerce someone and say this is what you have to do. But you're, you're doing yourself a disservice if New Year's is the only time that you're really considering your life, your habits, 
all these different things, especially because life is so iterative and because things are so dynamic. And the things that we think we want, we might discover a month later, it was actually about something else, right? So we have to have some level of, of a process of, of reflection, regular checkpoints. I think that can manifest in a few different ways. And it doesn't have to be in the monk manual, but, but one thing we have is, is even just like a monthly check-in, right? You go to a yeah. doctor every six months or every year and they give you a physical checkup. You don't need to do that every day, but it is really helpful to go and do that every once in a while of how am I doing in these different areas of my life, which, which can be personal for you. You can work that out. Is it your finances? What, what matters to you and how are you doing in those areas so that you can then recalibrate? Because I think that recalibration point is really hard, but uh, important. But the other part that is also a really important benefit of reflection is it not only gives us uh, a certain level of kind of clarity around what might be going off the rails or, 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 mm -hmm. or where we might need to adjust. It also helps us to synthesize the lessons of that life has been teaching us, right? There's just a lot of material in everything. Like there's, uh, there's so much that we can learn. Sometimes I'll reference this line in Mary Poppins, which I always feel weird when I bring this up. It's just strange for a third <laughs> guy to be bringing up Mary Poppins, but she's got that line where every job that must be done, there's an element of fun. You find the fun and snap the jobs a game. Yeah. What I really find interesting about that is, is literally in every single scenario, there's, there's hidden opportunities, right? And to be able to pause and say, hey, here's what's going on. Here is what, um, here is what I've been learning through my relationship with my spouse or just, just to, to get that realignment, which again, then funnels back into that inspirational source, which then can keep you moving. So reflect, we got to reflect on, on a more consistent basis, but especially this time, just taking a little bit of time. And even that could be overwhelming for people who don't want to look back on the past year because they're so disappointed in themselves or because they're in that shame and blame cycle. Like we talked about at the beginning, some of the questions that I kind of do for myself, just to keep it simple, is just say what's working, what's not. Mm -hmm. And it can be that simple. Any other suggestions with that one? Yeah. Uh, on, the, on the reflection piece, I, I think what you laid out there on what's working, what's not, can be really helpful. Another level of maybe a practical application, we're aware of things that are kind of being brought into our body, aware of how we're treating ourselves. But something that has a really, really, really massive impact on us is our relationships, the people we surround ourselves with. Hmm. And taking some time to really consider hey, who, who are my five closest relationships? Who are my 10 closest relationships? And considering where it is, who you are today, who you are working towards becoming. And then to say, is there anyone in here who maybe I need to create some boundaries with, or maybe I need to not, not kind of like throw them to the wayside, but decrease some of my involvement because they're not really helping or, or maybe even they're hurting my ability to go and step more fully into an authentic sense of self to, to kind of move along in this path. The people we're around really form us. So to really practically say, hey, here, here are these relationships and to think about how are these relationships affecting you? How in relation to where you want to go, but then also are there other relationships you might want to foster in the coming year? Are there, are there gaps in that? That also can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Oh, Steve, like once again, I, I just love your, your take on things. I love that. It's so, it's so different, but it's what life is really about. 
That's why I love um, one of your, is it a mission statement or a motto? The um, doing and being. It, it's like, it's, it, it, it's probably in the camp of a motto. I guess to tether this back to the New Year's thing, a lot of times New Year's is for a lot of people all about doing, right? Yeah. Even at the expense of being, right? It's, it's like, as long as I can go and achieve these things, then I'll be okay. But it's not achieving things that makes us okay. Really, you know, about being, so that's why, that's why I like it. It's peaceful being purposeful doing right. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that really comes first. And that's what I love that these tips are so centered in the, in the being part so that we can then Mm -hmm. go and do in ways that are in alignment. Did you have any other tips? Yeah. This one's kind of, uh, this is a bit more straightforward, but I love that too. Really? I'm a really big believer in the idea of beginning with the end in mind. Which, as I'm thinking about it now, I think actually was a Stephen Covey thing I was talking about before of this place of kind of our our deeper sense of self. That deeper sense of self is oriented towards our deepest goals, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that it's really important to ask yourself the question of what is it you really want out of life? You know, it you're you're looking back on your life. What what is your goal? Like, what is it that you want to achieve? And, and I actually think that the shorter the statement is, the better for something like this. I don't think it needs to be like a bucket list. I think it's just, this is what I really want out of life. Because I think all of us deep down want to be able to get to that point and look back and say, I really lived the life I wanted to live. It makes it exponentially easier to live that life when we anchor ourselves towards that thing, which I think becomes clear over time, but I don't think it fundamentally changes. Like, like I think that we have kind of this inner compass and it is attuned. We might have, we might be kind of shaky because we're shaky, especially in the beginning, but we, we learn to clarify it. But my experience, at least since I was a little kid, like that hasn't really changed. You know, I might not even still be able to formulate entirely, but there is, there is the kind of Steve, I know that like spark that is uniquely me and that thing's been there and it's going to be there and it wants to become that thing. Right. And so what, what, what happens is when you, when, you, when you answer that question, then you can go and you can look at all the other goals you're setting, all the other things you want to move towards and say, does this support this or does it not? Because if it doesn't mm-hmm. support it, then why are you doing it? And, and it doesn't have to be direct, right? I, I mean, like, like I, this past year, I've gotten more into exercise than probably I ever have in the past. And that's because previously I used to always view it as kind of an exercise in vanity. And now mm-hmm. I view it as an exercise in kind of energy and, and, and maintenance and and in providing me with the fuel to achieve a certain like level of of self gift and in 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 fulfillment of of a certain level of like service to the world right like yeah. and, and I see a direct correlation there I didn't see that before but there are things like that right like personal finances may directly be tied to that endpoint as a means maybe not as the ends but it might be a means there's a there's a quote by a question around who originally said this but i'm just going to say thomas Merton, who was a monk in 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 the states and the line goes a lot of people spend their whole life climbing a ladder only to realize it's up against the wrong wall that's what you want to avoid right mm. whether it's it doesn't even have to be your whole life it could be your whole year that's what you want to avoid I would sum that up as cast a vision. 
begin mm-hmm. with an end in mind, cast, cast a vision. Who do you want to be at the end of the year? And that relates back to the other strategies you had here. So this is so wonderful. Steve, I, I do want to give a few minutes here to talk about Monk Manual because I mean, it is my favorite day planner. And like you said, it is very robust. I do think there are ways for people to do it, you know, gradually to learn how to to do it. And I think you've got some good education on that on your site too. But I, I was just curious, what are some principles from the Monk Manual that you hope people can adopt as they move into 2021? Yeah, well, one of the things that's really interesting is is monks. Monks don't make sense. What I mean by that is when you, when you look <laughs> at a monk compared to our modern sensibilities, it's like, well, what is what is this? Like, why would someone do that? What is the, I don't get it. And one of the things behind monasticism that's really intriguing to me is, is this movement towards saying no so that you can have a greater yes, right? So they say no to a lot of things. They have very simple clothes. Often their, their place of living is very simple. They're Diets are very simple. Their daily routines are relatively regimented and simple. And they say no to a lot of different things for a greater yes, right? They kind of lean all the way in on that question of uh, what is like your end goal in a very specific way, right? That, that I think probably is for very specific people. But I think, I think kind of behind that is, you know, one of the things that I think underpins uh, this podcast is this idea of progress over perfection. But I, I, think, I think what monks show us is that is another thing tied to progress in that action is not progress. Hmm. So just doing things, doing more does not actually equate to prog- progress. You, you can actually move faster and faster in the wrong direction. You can move hmm. faster and faster toward things that, that don't necessarily matter. And it's only truly progress when we're moving towards something that is really the, the most important things right? Then, it, then it's, then it's progress. So, mm. so I think through reflection, and again, I'm, I'm really big on reflection. I think through reflection, you come to understand what those most important things are for you. And then a lot of productivity is it's just, it's actually cutting out the things that don't matter. So you can create space for the things that do matter. Uh, it, it's almost as simple as that. It, it is as simple as that. It's as, as simple as that as a concept, as an idea. It's hard to live. It's a process, but it is as simple as that. It's, it's this ongoing journey into what are the things that really are not serving me, that I can be cutting back on, that I can be letting go of. Maybe these are activities. Maybe these are habits. Maybe these are ways of thinking. Maybe these are mindset things. Is, is that certain mindset serving you? So, so, that, so that process, it takes time. There's a grace to it. But also when you see the progress that can be made along that journey and you do it in a way where you're just trying to do the right next thing and, and engage it and try to even grow through it and see some sort of like value in the work itself, then there can also be a joy to it. I think we're, we have a lot of complexities in ourselves, you know, but and we come to discover more and more, right? Like we, it's like we come to discover, right? When we first start trying to understand ourselves, it can be like discovering a new world, right? You're only going to be able to venture into certain places at certain times. And you're going to come across some scary stuff. You're going to find some animals that literally no one has ever seen before. You've certainly never seen this thing before. What do you do with it? Is it good? Is it bad? Are these people good? Or are they bad? But there can be something amazing about that too, right? It's this journey. It's this journey that's deeply fulfilling of discovery. And then, and then being able to share all the rich all the rich things that are found there. So I really went off, but 
that's that's my that's that's I think the fruition of what I'm hoping for with the monk manual, right? Because it's not it's not about to me. I have no interest in helping people necessarily just go and crush goals because I don't think that necessarily is what people even want. If it's not aligned with like a deeper sense of purpose, then I could actually be hurting someone, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. So for me, it's all about connecting people back to themselves. And that's exactly why I love it so much. It, it really does that for me. And it's not because I'm perfect at it. I don't do every single section, every single day, every single week and month, but it, it's given me the clarity that we've talked about. It's helped me realign myself in ways that I, what I've needed. It, it has every part of time management, but also being management that I needed in my life. So I'd highly encourage people to go check it out, but just go follow Steve too, Monk Manual for general <laughs> life tips like this, because they're, they're there for you. And, and Steve, I'm grateful for all you've done as you go into the new year. I'm, I am, I am curious about one thing. What is one thing you are wanting to work on in the new year? I actually just started strategic planning this, this week. I haven't planned out my whole uh, year. I can tell you that there's a couple of things I'm working on right now. And I'm not sure how that's going to manifest because I really do experience life as, as somewhat of a, of a journey of discovery, right? So right now what's coming up a lot is this concept of, of letting go because I am, I am control oriented. There's a lot of reasons for that, but like I built the monk manual of my own personal weakness, right? I'm not naturally good at being. So that's why I also believe so passionately in all this stuff. I've had to work hard facing a lot of difficult things to actually arrive at even the things I believe. I think letting go is something that I'm currently trying to work through because I I feel that um, my inability to let go is something that's actually inhibiting me from fulfilling what I could be fulfilling on every level. In the monk manual, I think in my marriage, with my family, with my own just personal sense of satisfaction, just allowing myself to kind of like trust the process of life as it were. In a, in a habit that I'm working on right now, specifically as part of that, I've been doing this process that I'm just calling like fear journaling, where every Ooh. day at the end of the day, I write down what were my fears that day. So I reflect on what were the things that started creating like a sense of anxiety I started worrying about, I was afraid of. And then I write down, how did I distract myself? So what did I do to turn myself away from those things I was afraid of? So far, there hasn't been a day where I haven't had things to write down for both of those things. Mm. And then I just write down one step I can take. The one step I can take, I don't even think is the more, most important part. I, I think that the way fear works in our life is a lot like the, being a kid who's afraid of the monster under the bed. And as long as we're afraid to look under the bed, that monster controls us. And so what I'm trying to do is just shed a bit more light, just look at the things that scare me a bit more so I can just be liberated from those things. So that's what I'm working on. That is brilliant. I love getting a peek into your brain and what you're up to. Steve, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the show again. This is, this is so good. I love everything you're doing. Thank you. I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants that you need to grow. I really love learning from Steve. We've become good friends over the years. And seriously, the Monk Manual is amazing. Like he said, it is robust. So know that and it will take time for you to learn how to use it and you can do it gradually. But I find there's nothing like it. 
Let me review the progress pointers from this episode so that you can move forward and take action with it. The progress pointers are where I kind of share the cliff notes version of what I learned in the episode and what I hope you take away as well. If you want them in a graphic form, sign up for our Go Getter newsletter and you'll get it every Tuesday. Number one, as the new year approaches, we feel the pressure to over-prepare or prepare in ways that are prescriptive. Instead, we can get clear on what we want and need so we can prepare in ways that are intentional and built on trusting ourselves. Two, practical ways you can prepare include conduct an audit on how you already spend your time and decide what you can deprioritize or do differently, reflect on your values and how your life and relationships are in alignment with them, and cast a vision of your bigger why, who you want to be and how you want to live your life. Three, remember that taking action doesn't necessarily equate making progress, And four, everything comes back to discovering who you really are as you learn to focus on peaceful being alongside purposeful doing. That was quite the robust progress pointers. So if you want to have that all in graphic form, sign up for the Go Get Our Newsletter. It's a big one this week. Your do something challenge this week is to only do this. Reflect on the past year. Ask yourself some questions about it, like what went well and what didn't. What relationships need boundaries? Which need nourishing? Those kind of questions. So reflect on the past year. You can, of course, then go on to some of the other steps that Steve suggested, but I would encourage you to start with reflection, as he so kindly suggested. If you do the Do Something Challenge, I would love to hear about it. You can DM me, you can email me, you can share it on social media and tag me at About Progress so I can spotlight a progressor like you every week. This week, we are going to spotlight Kaylee. A few weeks ago, we talked about becoming more, how normal women can reach for more in their lives. And I got this message from Kaylee. She said, quote, I have started on this path for myself and find I'm becoming a more wholehearted woman and mother. I am realizing I'm a mom no matter what I do or how I do it. Being me is the best way to be my kid's mom. And being me leads to less depression and feeling stuck. But man, is it hard to do and to be brave to do it, unquote. I love how she was so honest about it. It is hard, but it's a good kind of hard. It's a better kind of hard. If you are feeling brave like Kaylee and you are ready to do the work that and to, to better know who you are and what it feels like to be yourself again, enroll to Finding Me again before the prices are going up January 1st. And that's at aboutprogress.com slash me. I'm going to be adding on to the course in ways that are really exciting. And what's great about signing up now is that you will get access to anything that the course will have in the future at the lower price right now, if you sign up. So gift it to yourself because knowing who you are is the gift that truly keeps on giving. Next week, we are featuring a Dear Progressor episode. There's still time for you to call in and your prompt this time is to share what you learned in 2021. Speaking of that, calling in, I would love to feature your voices on the show as much as possible in 2022. Can you do me a favor and call in with the questions that are on your mind? Share where you're stuck and what problem you are facing, and I will answer your call on the show. So to call in or to get on the Dear Progressor episode, go to aboutprogress.com slash call in. That's C-A-L-L-I-N. I already want to thank you for an incredible year. This is our last interview we're sharing of 2021. 
This year brought a ton of personal and professional lows for me, but as I wrap it up, and as I'm sitting here recording this, I just can't help but sit in some major gratitude for how I've grown and how this podcast has transformed too, and how you as a community have rallied together to keep both me and the podcast going. So just a huge shout out and a gratitude hug, I guess, <laughs> over the airwaves to you. Thank you. This is where I'm going to leave you today. My friends, go and do something with what you learned today. Right now. Right. And I have personally felt all of those things and acted in according in accord in accordance. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.